All right. Welcome, folks. This is episode three of MCU Edge. I'm your host, Jake Ellenbogen. And uh, today we'll be talking about pretty much anything you guys want to talk about. You're more than welcome to join. Um, Ricky, I'm going to bring you on uh, as a caller. I have Ashton, who's going to be co-hosting. Austin, you're welcome to co-host as well. Um, anyone's honestly welcome to co-host. Um, going to have a lot of fun with this. You know, As this show continues to grow, really just open to talk about whatever as long as it's regarding the topic at hand. But welcome, everyone. I hope everyone's enjoying their Monday. Um, let's see here. Ricky, welcome. Austin, Ashton, how we all doing? Oh, what's going on? It's a good day today. It is a good day. Uh, I know y'all having y'all MCU thing, and I do respect that, but most of us are Rams fans, and I guess everybody heard the news today. Yeah, it's a, a pretty awesome thing. Um, I'm not going to talk really much about it, Ricky, just because I do want to stick to the topic. I'm going to be doing a whole thing tomorrow on uh, YouTube about it. But uh, but yeah, uh, pretty pretty awesome news. Um, as far as, you know, tonight is concerned. Um, what's up, Julio? You're more than welcome to join the show as well. We got all sorts of stuff to talk about. Uh, I mean, I think Austin mentioned there's this secret uh, project being worked on with Ghost Rider, which is really cool and has definitely piqued my interest. Um, being worked on by, I believe, the showrunner or people behind the Stranger Things series. Now, I haven't really gotten into Stranger Things, but obviously they've had massive success. So you'd have to imagine that that would be. Um, you know, something there. And then, you know, all this Avengers 5 news, the Russos potentially doing the next Avengers movie, uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. But uh, Ashton Austin, you are muted, so feel free to unmute yourself whenever you want to talk. Um, but, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm to go ahead and let you all have the show and all that. I'll be listening. I just want to say that because we, we, we is Ram Nation over here. And uh, y'all have a good night tonight, man. Hey, appreciate it, Ricky. Always a pleasure. No problem. All right, now. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff is starting to come down the uh, pipeline when it comes to Marvel. I'm interested to see what direction they're going to take Avengers. There's different things they could definitely do. Um, I thought like maybe a huge secret wars could have been a very good idea for a huge movie, but they're going the series route. So it's going to be interesting who they make the big bad of the next Avengers. Like I'm hoping it's null if they, uh, keep on leaning into the more sci-fi elements, of the MCU universe, but it's going to be a interesting next few years. And, uh, this path, hopefully the quality of the movies keeps on going up. And, uh, we've had a few shaky movies here, uh, in the last year. Or so, yeah, you know, I think Noel was teased and I don't know for sure, but I, I thought I saw, you know, in the silhouette in the sky in No Way Home, I thought I saw a null. Um, again, could totally be wrong. Maybe it wasn't null, but I thought null was teased in that. 
Um, you know, I think he's definitely in the mix. I think, you know, the, the obvious one is Kang, uh, Dr. Doom. So, I mean, I think it's going to be one of those three or, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know if they're going to go right into, you know, I, his name totally escapes me right now. Uh, the world eater, um, Galactus. I don't know if they're going to go right into Galactus, but sure is interesting. They could go a lot of different routes with this. And it, it truly, the thing that I love about the MCU and the thing that's not talked about enough is they have all this source material. Um, here's the thing. When you're basing something on source material, like, and I thought Uncharted did a really good job of this, if you saw that movie, but if you base things on source material, you, you know, if it's entirely based on it, and, and you know, you're following to a T, it, it kind of spoils everything, right? It spoils everything for the audience. And... I like that while we have an idea of what they can do, we don't really know what they're going to do. That's what I really feel is the underrated element of the MCU. Well, I mean, you have to be able to, when you're recreating something into a different medium, be able to embrace that medium. And that does require you to have some artistic freedoms and you have to bend different parts of the stories in order to make it better work for that medium, just ham-fisting something into another medium doesn't mean you're going to have success. We've seen that with a lot of different examples, including comic book movies, um, especially the early ones. Whether they were too campy or they were trying to be too faithful to the uh, actual comic book itself, you have to be able to kind of put that story and wrap around artistic vision that works for movies. And that's easier said than done. Like DC, a lot of the movies they've struggled with was because they were trying to throw a hodgepodge of stories together. And then it was just a mess of a movie, mess of a storyline. And hopefully uh, I think Marvel has done better. I think the last few movies have been more, less artistic, uh, like messes and more like how they've been written. I I feel like the MCU doesn't know where it's going right now. Um, I don't know because I think Feige has it all set up, but it it does feel that way when you look at you know the multiverse of madness, for instance. Um, but you know I think what they did well with multiverse of madness is it wasn't too muddy. Um, they could have gone to eight different universes and confused the hell out of us, but instead they really didn't do that. Right. They really focused on two, uh, the current six, one, six and eight, three, eight. Um, you know, and I think that was, that was a big thing there. Um, it was a good decision because I think it was really easy for us to follow the story. Whereas, you know, it's a really good example of a movie that I just couldn't follow. It was like a roller coaster, uh, was the second, uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, the second in the Fantastic Beast series. If you've ever seen that, it's really hard to follow. It's all over the place. I don't feel like the MCU really does that. Now, I will say, Eternals, in my opinion, for what it could have been, was kind of a flop. And a flop in the MCU is still not a bad movie, but Eternals, I felt like, could have been a lot better. And... 
<clears throat> it was it's not that it was hard to follow it's just it it was kind of boring and i feel like the biggest parts came at the end and right when it could have set up for something big you know that was the end of it so i do think that there are parts to phase four where you're not dealing with an iron man you know you do have spider-man right but you don't have iron man you don't have captain america uh, you know, you don't have, I mean, I guess Black Widow was part of it, but wasn't supposed to be, you know, um, I do get it. Like, I do understand how there is, you know, some trouble there. Um, but you know, I think they've done a really nice job and I understand, you know, some people don't like the disconnect. I think it's all connected and I think we just kind of have to wait because, you know, for instance, Moon Knight, I think that was really strategically well done. They focus more on introducing Moon Knight to the MCU than trying to connect Moon Knight to the MCU. And I think that was probably the right approach. Um, well, I, I mean, to that point, you don't necessarily have to directly connect to the MCU. You don't have to make a reference every five minutes to the MCU in yeah. order to feel interconnected and interwoven. I feel like right now you're missing like those characters that float over like your um what what's the guy from agents of shield uh colson you're you're missing the colsons you're missing a lot of these characters that would float in between movies uh yeah you can say doctor strange was in spider-man but like who was in doctor strange outside of scarlet witch just being the main antagonist like we're not interconnecting for future projects uh yeah i just feel like it's a little bit less driven uh hi jake oh, okay yeah just reading the comments and if you guys have any comments please post them down in the room chat below uh if you guys want to get involved in the conversation but uh Jake, do do you think uh Galactus would be a good move for like casual viewers, for people getting into the universe? Do you think people can grasp that type of huge villain as the main Avengers antagonist after going through all the multiverse stuff? Or do you think they're gonna have to make that the center of who they're fighting in Aven Avengers, like a multiversal person? It's weird because I feel like they gotta they gotta tread carefully here. You don't want to introduce too much. I think with Kang, there's so much upside with Kang that I would probably stick with Kang and have him be the Thanos. Um, Phase five is going to bring in the Secret Wars, from what I was hearing. So the rest of Phase four should be about Kang and into Phase five. I think the end of Phase five is going to be like Secret Wars. And so that's when I would probably bring in, you know, Dr. Doom. But I do have, um, I do have concerns. I do have concerns in regards to Galactus being almost too powerful for the silver screen. Does that make sense? Because, you know, this is the, the world eater or whatever they want to call him, planet eater. I, I just... You know, you, you run the course, you run the risk when you get too cosmic of making something too big and to the point where it's like, all right, well, how the hell are they going to beat this guy? 
And then if they do, you know, now you run the risk of making it look really corny if they beat him a certain way, which you're probably going to have to. And so that's the one concern I have. And I'm not really worried about the, the casual viewer because I think the casual viewer will be able to pick up. Galactus isn't like an extremely, you know, like confusing, you know, very uh, well thought out character. Like it's not like a really hard, like it, Moon Knight was what I worried about when I talked about, you know, how the casual uh, viewer would look at, a, you know, a character because Moon Knight, you know, has the disassociative identity disorder. You know, Moon Knight has a very interesting backstory and, you know, three different, you know, alter egos, essentially. Moon Knight is the one that's really hard to follow, but Galactus is more of a straight ahead, just really, really powerful and giant villain. I feel like it's not really that the casual viewers that I'm worried about there. It's more so, you know, kind of dumbing down the MCU to make him work because you can't have him kill everyone. You can't have him destroy a whole, you know, the the planet Earth of 616. Like, it would be... It just seems like it's going to be hard to adapt that to film. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I feel that's why I like the idea of going in a Mephisto route or kind of like a Noel route, where you can really give some context and a good personalization of those villains. Because what are the best villains? The villains that you can empathize with. Um, that's why I'm a little shocked that they're putting Gore, the God Butcher, in. Thor, I thought they might have saved him. I understand him being a smaller villain just for Thor, and I think that's going to work out very well for that movie. Uh, he looks great, Christian Bale, in that role. But, like, you need to have a... And this is what makes Thanos so great, is because you empathize with him, and not empathize with him as much as you see his point of view. And will we see that with Galactus? Wait. Part of that's the actor, part of that script, but also you have to build up to success. And I felt like they had that build up for Thanos and they had that good script for Thanos. Will they do it for Galactus? I think it's easier for other villains that they haven't dug into. Dr. Doom would also be a good one that you could dig into his personal history. You could dig into his motivation and get into some really juicy stuff. And that's why I thought um, the idea of also uh, spoilers for Dr. Strange uh, before I say this, I'll give you guys a few seconds. Okay. Well, to be fair, it's way after, so you can say it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Doctor Strange, and you're in here. We're talking about the MCU. I mean, you gotta already know spoilers are coming. Yeah, so Wanda being the villain in that, I thought it was a great idea, but they did not build up that change long enough in the movie itself. That's one of the critical issues I have with that movie. Is that I do enjoy it. But you have to kind of stew on Wanda longer in the movie itself and see that change into being a villain. Is she just kind of snaps? And I get some people have uh, uh, excuses for it. I just felt like for the movie purpose, in the movie you need to see that change uh, at least over an elongated time for it to make sense when you have spent so much time with this character previously being completely good, right? So, like, when you have a completely good character for so 
so long and so many movies. Wanda being good over like three movies beforehand and an entire TV show. It's just a little silly in the movie within five minutes she snaps or it's probably within 30 minutes you see her snap. It It's not enough justification in my opinion. I get that. Um, I think more so they were just kind of going with the idea, the dark hold, you know, when we last saw her, we know she had the dark hold at the end of WandaVision. It's been a few years after WandaVision. Uh, like I think uh, more than a few years, it's like five, right? going into Doctor Strange, so, you know, you have to assume with her finding the Darkhold, she didn't put it down by any stretch. Um, Being able to, you know, dream walk, it looked like she was in the beginning of trying to learn how to do that with the Darkhold at the end of WandaVision. Now she's had it for five years, you know, she's kind of unleashed. And you know that's just not, that's not Wanda, like she's just totally being controlled by the Darkhold. Yeah, I was but surprised there was no Cthone. Uh, isn't shown. that a little bit of a cop-out, though, on their end? When you have such a major character as Wanda, if it was a minor character, I would say, yeah, just explaining Darkhold made her go bad is a re- fine enough ex- explanation. You can go with that. But you're talking about major influential character into the MCU and such a powerful one. And you just explain it away. I, I just felt like it would have been it would have been better for the movie had you explained it more. Right? Yeah, like if Thanos I, just got the, all five uh, rings at the start of uh, Infinity War and you didn't show that process of him evolving, of him getting involved. Like, I, I feel like it would have made that movie worse, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of, I just feel like it was so expected with, with the, where Wanda was at that I wasn't really, I didn't really need anything. I think that they absolutely should have kept the original scene that they cut from the, the movie. Um her taking the intestines out of Mordo and cutting his head off. I think that absolutely would have set the tone early on. Like, oh, okay. Like, if that was the first scene, that would have really set the tone early on. But I think they still did a really good job, you know, with Doctor Strange going there and then her taking the whole facade off and showing that, you know, she was in kind of like a wasteland, like really dead area. I feel like that was done really well. That was a really... Uh, unsettling scene when when that happened. So I thought they did a nice job. Uh, Kevin, Austin, Julio, be sure to, at any point, if you want to talk, uh, be sure to talk or unmute your mic if if you're trying to. But uh, I think I'm unmuted now. Yeah, what's up, Kevin? Hey, how are y'all doing? Pretty good. The TV show itself made Wanda the bad guy going into the movie. At the end of it, yeah, at the end of it, she has the book. She's already turning evil. She already did all that stuff she did to Agatha. She went nuts, and she went off. And the last thing we see on the TV show is her outside of her body reading the dark hole, already turning into the gigantically bad Scarlet Witch that we're getting. So the TV show completely set up for her 
to do that scene with Doctor Strange where everything just turns into it's annihilated. So she was established as she was going to be the Scarlet Witch bad version coming out of the TV show. I would say it actually contradicts the TV show because at the end of the TV show, it actually sees that she's realizing she's making mistakes, that she understands what she was doing was hurting the townspeople. She let them go. She wasn't going down that path as much, and she happened to have the Darkhold, and she was starting to look into it. And At, at the very end, she is sitting there by herself in the middle of nowhere Astral planing or whatever they do, reading the dark hole. He was already, that already had a hold of her. Her fingers were already turning black, which is the key to everything. If you watch her fingers, her fingers turning that black. She was already being taken over by the dark hole as soon as that movie was in it. And then her hearing her kids' voices is what set it all off. As soon as she heard her kids' voices, bam, that set her into angry mom version of Wanda and the whole purpose of her in the next movie was to go and find her kids and that's what made her angry and then when they took the book from her and all that that's what made her angry she was already set up to go into this movie as a bad person I I get her motivations in the movie I just think having a 15 30 second scene at the end of the tv show where it contradicts the end of the tv show where she says Oh, yeah, I made a mistake. I had done all these things I shouldn't have. Like, if you're going to go that route, what they should have done is have her get knocked out or something, lose control of the town. All the people end up getting away. And then you go into the next movie where she's trying to fool Doctor Strange. Like, to me, you're trying to have both your cake and eat it, too, by making her the good guy at the end of the show tacking on a 30-second scene to try to justify entire character but, but She wasn't the good guy at the end of the show. Just because she let the townspeople go and everything doesn't make her a good guy. That doesn't make her a good guy. She was, well, using, she was using dark forces to control all of these people. Just because she lets them go doesn't mean anything. And at the end of it, if you're still doving into the dark arts... You're still a dark, bad person. Yeah, but Dr. It said it, it said it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need no, no other thing for what she was doing in the beginning of Dr. Strange. As soon as the field went dark, I went, oh crap, he needs to get the hell out of there. Well, no, the ancient one constantly uses dark magic. Dr. Strange himself constantly uses dark magic, and that's going to be the basis of his next movie. So just saying he touches dark no, gold and, Now and Dr. Strange forever. uses dark magic because he used the dark magic to fight the other person who was using the dark magic. Yeah, but don't forget in the first Doctor Strange movie, the Ancient One said that she would delve into the dark magic constantly. No, she delved, She dove into the dark dimension to draw power from it to make herself immortal. Yeah, to that's dark not dark. That's not that. ma That's not dark magic. That's the dark dimension. No, she got her power from the dark dimension, but she she dove into the one spell to draw her power from there. She wasn't always using dark magic. She wasn't using the dark hold. The dark hold, if you know anything about the dark hold, when you use the dark hold, the dark hold takes possession of you. It's kind of like a symbiote almost. 
when you use that, it becomes a definite part of you until it is destroyed. Then when it is destroyed is the only way you can truly try to get away from it. So when they destroyed it from Wanda, that's when you saw her power starting to shrink down. And that's when Wanda started becoming more level-headed. And that's when she started fighting and then broke down the whole tower. It's only when you get rid of the dark hold. It's just like when Venom gets a hold of Spider-Man. You have to get away. You have to get Venom off of Spider-Man for Spider-Man to become Venom again. Or for Spider-Man to become Spider-Man again. That's what the dark hold is. The dark hold is just a symbiote. Once it gets a hold of you, you're evil. You're going yeah, to turn evil, especially the more and more you dive into it. So that's why I didn't need nobody to tell me anything that she was going to be bad because she had this book. Same thing with Doctor Strange. As soon as he got the book, what happened? He still has the he still has the version of the Dark Hold, and now he's got the third eye, and now he's going to be crazy. So I kind of took it as like at the end of WandaVision, it was almost like, you know, Multiverse of Madness, it was, they could have just put five years later, and then Multiverse yep. of Madness could have been, like, the continuation of WandaVision. Like, I think they did a really nice job, and we had an idea, right? When they announced that Elizabeth Olsen was going to be reprising her role as uh, Wanda Maximoff in Multiverse of Madness, when we first, you know, got that, and then they also mentioned, you know, the idea of WandaVision coming out, we had an idea some of that was going to connect. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, that was honestly like because we haven't really seen Loki connect directly from Loki, right? Like, obviously, big part of the multiverse and everything, but we have yet to see Loki in another film. And so I think, you know, the WandaVision to Multiverse of Madness dynamic is one of the best things I think has happened uh, to the multiverse, uh, to the uh, MCU in general. Um, and with Loki, and with Loki 2 coming out. It's going to set up probably going into Ant-Man. Well, when so is Loki that, season two going to come out? They're filming it now. So you know how quick they are with these TV shows. Next if they year. film it now, they give it a year and then it's out again. So I, th- I, my, I think Ant-Man thinking, out before it. Yeah, I'm thinking Ant-Man got moved up to February of 2023. Oh, did so it really? Oh, so it's in February now? Uh, I thought yeah, it was still so in that November time get, frame. Yeah, so we might actually get Ant Man going into Loki season two. So probably you'll see you'll probably see Loki somewhat in Ant Man. I would hope so. That would be yeah. really cool. I mean, I really want to see Tom Hiddleston on the silver screen again. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's kind of going back to you know what we're talking about. I don't know if you were in here yet, Kevin, but Ash and I were talking about. I just I love how they can take a character like Enchantress. And make, like, Sylvie out of her. And, like, they they don't really stick all the time exactly to how the source material is. So you're kind of kept on your toes. Yeah, because if 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 you stick to the source material, you've already spoiled it. Exactly. So I love that concept. Yeah, and the thing with the movies and everything, they have to, like, when they did with the whole first Infinity Saga. You have to so, kind of somewhat, and you can't really ground comic book movies, but you they had to kind of ground the comic book movies. Like you had, it was grounded in Earth-based type stuff, not till really you got to Doctor Strange and, and all that stuff. Well, you had Thor, but not really till you got Doctor Strange did you really get that kind of element 
into the MCU because most of the other characters were just grounded. You had the you had Hulk, you had Iron Man, you had Captain America. They did the Thor movies, but a lot of them were grounded in you know earthly type realm stuff to where everything was just grounded and you had to base it kind of on earthly stuff. You didn't really have to go crazy and go out anywhere. And then when they started going out anywhere is when they could expand their horizons. But the start was really all grounded type characters. And then they started to slowly add the, like the guardians. And then you added Dr. Strange and then you brought in some of those kind of elements, but they've done a great job at just gradually building up with stuff. And now they're taking, and now they're taking it to a different realm. We're trying to expand it out to different universes and and characters that time travel and can make themselves infinite amount of people. So when one dies, the uh, the uh, a even worse version comes out in Kane. You one of him dies, you're going to get a even worse one coming right behind him. You get the good one to start off with, and then you kill him, and he gets worse, and then he gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So there. So- it, it, the way they're they, expanding it has become great to me. They really need to be careful with stuff like that, though, because you can start to get on that borderline of copping out on stories and using it as a shortcut for your storytelling, and that can make stuff disjointed and just lesser in quality. I know it was something with my wife where she was very much confused with Doctor Strange and um, why people were doing the things they were doing, taking her a little bit to caught up. Um, and she's a little bit more casual than me, so I was having to explain it to her. And you don't always want that because she watched the TV show, she watched the movie, and um, she she was having a hard time catching up to the justifications. That's why I had that criticism of the movie. Um, not that I don't think it's a good movie. It's a good quality movie. It just kind of stopped it from being great. And uh, going into storytelling and comic books, that's a problem a lot of comic books were having. That's why they started doing, especially on the DC side, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's why they did um, Wanda in the comics breaking where she killed a lot of the mutants because they had to clear out some of those storylines because they were getting so muddied and people were finding it devalued because they were using, uh, for lack of a better term, like cheap storytelling. Well, well that's the thing. That, the thing with the movies, though, is they're not bringing in a gajillion characters. Because just because Kang's coming in don't mean we're going to see 1500 version to Kang. The good thing with Kang coming in is Kang will be able to, to kind of close some of the borders per se with, because the bad part was Disney didn't have full control of everything Marvel. That's if, if Disney had everything full control of every Marvel character from the get go, things would have been a lot different. But because they didn't have full control, you, they have to come up with creative ways to put these guys in their universe. So Kane coming along, he'll be able to kind of, you know, mold around to where you can bring in the mutants. You can bring in, you can bring in the Doctor Doom and you can bring in the Fantastic Four, even though they brought 
one of them in 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 Multiverse of Madness. But you, you, with a villain like that, you can kind of manipulate everything around it. You have to do it. Mind you, you have to do it in a good way that's not going to confuse the hell out of everybody. But you, you can always manipulate it to where, because like we said earlier, you have all this source material. The good thing about the movies is you can go away from all the source material and do it however you want to do it to bring these characters in. And that's where Disney ran into the big problem was not having them from the get-go. Because if you had them from the get-go, everybody would have fit. Now it's Feige's trying to figure out, hey, how am I going to fit all these pieces in together? So using using villains, using the snap, using um, the one thing we didn't talk or I heard y'all talking about was Galactus maybe being one of the things. You already got a bunch of those guys out there in the Celestials from the Eternals movie. So you've got these guys that are already out there that are already running things. Because we all know Galactus could easily, they could easily make Galactus one of them and tell them that they're sending them to Earth because of all the stuff that the Eternals did. So you have a built-in storyline for Galactus coming at it. So it, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things out there that I think they're still going to work around. They just, it, the bad part was Disney not having control of everything from the get-go. Kind of put it where they're trying to, they're trying to force feed a lot of things into it. And it makes it confusing for people that haven't watched from beginning to end. You know what I mean? It is tough because, like you said, they didn't have all the pieces. You know, you have X-Men owned by Fox and you have the Fantastic Four owned by Fox. And then so you get those. And it's like, like Feige said, we're probably going to have X-Men kind of sit on the shelf a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, to give it some some time to breathe. Uh, because they had just dropped uh, Dark Phoenix right before the acquisition. Yep. Um, you know, so you have that. And then on top of it, the Fantastic Four just dropped a terrible movie uh, oh, before God. the acquisition. See, I and, would like them to I would like them to roll the mutants in like one or two at a time. Not, well, and the, the question is, how do you do that, Kevin? Because as far as the mutants are concerned, are they going to do something like, like where do you, I, everyone here? I'm asking the question. Do you think the mutants are already around and yes. are they scattered? They, they should have did house of M reversed. That's what I thought they were going to do at the end of Dr. Strange. Yeah. I think they're already around. I think they're already around. And like they have the for instance, scar if, from Wolverine. So for, for the instance, if, if you want, if you want to bring Wolverine in, you have the perfect thing. You send Hulk out on something, and then, bam, you got the Hulk versus Wolverine, where Wolverine's tracking him down for the government because they're trying to find Hulk. Boom. That's that's a slow, easy way to bring in a Wolverine. You got, you've already brought in Professor X as a part of the Illuminati. So if you wanted to bring in the Illuminati in another thing, because it was already it was already in the MCU before this movie, we're all freaking out because we've seen it. Well, they there was all it kinds in of Iron Man too. Yeah, they teased it in Iron Man too. It was on his cell phone, and I'm like, and I'm like, these things have already been teased before, so you could easily kind of slide people in here and there without it going big time. You can you can introduce the school. In a slow, easy way, you, you most of that you can do in Deadpool because they've already introduced the school. 
and there's rumors that Storm is going to be in Wakanda forever too. So. Exactly. You've already got that. And the big and I heard y'all talking about the um, that everything needs to be connected. God's connected a lot of things in this universe as well. So you have Moon Knight who had his Egyptian gods. The Egyptian <coughs> gods already made reference to the Wakanda fields. Then you've got the Wakanda gods going to be in Thor. So gods sort of kind well, the, of connect all of these spots together. The Wakanda god is an Egyptian god that fell off. Yeah, I forget well, his exact name, but he's an Egyptian he, god. She. She, yeah, boss. Yeah, she, yeah, she's going to be in Thor. So they're going to have her in Thor because the God Butcher is going after all gods. So they're going to be connecting some of these universes with the gods. So they're going to have they're going to have those guys in there as well. So everything's going to everything's going to kind of connect around. They're just having to do it a different way because everything's not Earth based like it was prior to. We got spoiled prior to because everybody lived on Earth. Captain America can run into Iron Man, who can run into Black Widow, who can run into Hawkeye, who can run into Thor, and then Thor just comes down out of nowhere, but everybody can run into Hulk. It was all it was all easy there. Now you have to go out and around to kind of bring everything together and put it forefront if you're wanting to combine all these guys together. If you're wanting to make a big gigantic crossover movie with all these guys together, that's how you gotta do it. Because we still do have a Captain America. We still kind of sort of have a Black Widow. We got another Hawkeye. So it's just bringing all these people together that are Earth-based with all the other people. Now well, we're going to have another Thor, but I don't know how long that Thor is going to be around. So <laughs> Yeah. And then, the I mean, the introduction or the reintroduction of the Defenders, because now, yep. you know, they're going to bring them in. Now, I think for the most part, they're going to keep them on Disney+. Plus. On those like TV show platforms, and then we'll probably get to see them in like Secret Wars, like a big crossover. But I don't think they're going to be in a ton of movie projects based on what I was hearing. I think they're probably going like the most likely is that Daredevil or Punisher or Jessica Jones or somebody like that ends up crossing over in the Spider Man universe. Um, yeah. You know, but I don't think that they are going to joint them all until probably Secret Wars. Uh, it I like that. I would like the, I would like the Punisher going up against Spider Man, kind of sort of in there somewhere where Spider Man doesn't really know what's going on and he goes after him because that was in the comic as well, where Spider Man went up against him and then they realized they were all in it for the same thing, trying to hunt the same dude. So yeah, and I think um, I think Austin mentioned it, uh, you know, over on Twitter because we were talking about this in our group chat, and um, I think Austin mentioned that, you know, the Punisher becomes Ghost Rider in the in the comics. Um, so I, I think you, he mentioned that. I don't know if, if Austin, I don't know if you think that that's what was going to happen, or is that what you want to happen, but, <clears throat> you know. I wanted it to happen, but since they're bringing John Bernthal over, I don't think it's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just going back to bridging X-Men to like the Marvel universe. 
Your bridges are Wolverine and Deadpool. They're all introduced through Spider-Man meeting Wolverine and Spider-Man meeting Deadpool, and they go on like little duo adventures. So it's an easy bridge to bring all those people together. Should they or, be mutants beforehand, or are you thinking? Yeah, like- no, Wolverine's a mutant beforehand. Uh, I mean, every there like all this is going on at the same time. That's um, a lot to put in one movie. Yeah, not it, if you it, just not if you just bring Wolverine into a Spider-Man movie. Absolutely not. That's that's super easy. Or just bringing Deadpool over into a Spider-Man movie, or Spider-Man into a Deadpool movie. I think that's see, a de- really easy easy now, bridge. I the heard Deadpool the Spider-Man is going to be like first class remade. Like it's going to be like that type of movie. Yeah. So, so like in the comic, Spider-Man chases down Wolverine and ends up finding the school in the comics. So that's how Spider-Man's introduced to the X-Men. Hmm. Yeah, but but Hulk and Wolverine met way before that one. Uh, it depends on what line you're reading because that's not true in every line. I'm talking about my old-timey line. Wolverine, Wolverine and Hulk were the first two people to meet and I it, that's to me, not true, but I'll let you believe that. That's just not true. Uh, do you want to go back and see where the first appearance of Wolverine was? The first appearance of Wolverine yeah, was in, a, in, have, in the Incredible have, Hulk book. I have 10 boxes of comics at my feet right now. I can pull out the issue I'm talking about and send the pictures in the t- Twitter chat. <clears throat> Just saying. So where was, not where was the first? Wolverine were not the first ones that met. This goes back. This is in a very different scenario. So where was the first appearance of Wolverine then? Again, it depends on what storyline you're reading, but in most the first appearance of Wolverine in Marvel Comics was where? It was in 1974. In, general? in Marvel Comics in general, where was the first appearance of Wolverine? 1974, Incredible Hope number 181. Okay, I'd have to look that up, but I don't remember. No, that. I just, I just did for you, and I already knew it. So yes, it's it. He meets the Incredible Hope before he meets anybody else. Yeah, I think with well, okay, so so what it sounds like is that they want to do a first class uh thing. Now, my question for you guys is do you think they should not well, I guess it's kind of a two parter. What do you think is gonna happen and what do you think should happen? If they do a first class, should it be back in, in the day? Should it be like a Captain Marvel type of thing where you go back in time or should it be shot in the modern day and First class is just happening in the modern day. I think it would be confusing to rename it first class. You have to name it something else. Well, they wouldn't. It, it's the concept of first class. It wouldn't. They wouldn't make another movie called first class. But that, that's I, what I'm hearing. The new movie is going to be. I I would say do it in the 90s. That way, it's a little bit different from the Fox first class. I was, that was thinking that in as the well. 60s. The 90s would be like. I feel like people are starting to feel nostalgic for 90s. That's a good time setting. All the characters would end up being like in their late twenties, thirties now. If you do it in the nineties, I feel like it kind of wraps everything up nicely. If you do it then, yeah, it all depends on who you're casting as well. If you're casting a certain age group, then you want to set it in that range to where when they come to the modern day, then you got them there. But Again, we don't know how Marvel is going to be doing it if they're going to want to instantly put them in 
or are they going to slow slow burn them like Feige said? If they're slow burning them, then you put them in the in the 90s or the 2000s because by the time the movie comes out, everybody will be 30. I think or, what they should or, do is probably if you're slow burning, you should like have, for instance, you should have Storm show up in Wakanda Forever. Yeah, uh, like that's Austin a, that's saying, a, you should have Wolverine teased in Spider Man, um, or or Hulk. You know, World War Hulk, whenever that comes out. Deadpool, know? Deadpool, but, definitely. If you want to bring Deadpool in, that's definitely Spider Man. That's well, what I'm wondering is if Deadpool, Deadpool already had a you know promotional um, you know ad with Court. And I'm wondering if that's almost kind of hinting at the idea that Deadpool might be a post-credit scene after Thor. That'd be fun. I I, I, I always thought they were going to make Deadpool a different universe, like alternative uh, universe oh, where he exists. No, Feige said he was in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, technically yeah. he's in the MCU if he's in a different universe. It just it'll be a rated R universe instead of the one we're in now. Because if you start intermixing that, like that's going to be a little awkward. Well, he... but Blade is going to be rated R. Yep, Blade's going to be rated R. Him so, and the, you know, yeah, him and the, definitely going to be rated R if that comes to yeah. a movie. Him and a lot of the a lot of your street characters are going to be rated R. So like if they bring in a lot of the Netflix stuff, and when it moves over, that's going to be a whole rated R spot. I heard they're gonna they're gonna dumb Daredevil down though. They they want to be they? more kid friendly. Yeah, Damn. Daredevil is not kid friendly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really the biggest fan. I I think that they should keep the Defenders gritty the way they had it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I thought Jessica Jones season one was an absolute masterpiece with Kilgrave. Yeah, like, it was that great. was that was psychological was really horror, man. That was like yep. phenomenal. David Tennant, he was good. Yeah, he was uh, he was one of my favorite villains that they brought out. And I mean, he, David Tennant is just such a good actor. He just pulled it anyway. Off so well. Yeah, it was it, it was it was great. He was so it, it was that slimy, grimy character, but then he had such charm, and you were like, "Oh God, I I want to hate you, but I love you anyway." So, it's, <laughs> yeah. No, ex- exactly. It's I don't know when you get into like the defenders. I mean, they kind of have crossovers with all of them. But then I wonder how far out would this? You know, how far out would Marvel go? I mean, you know, I I really do wonder if they're gonna you know explore cloak and dagger at all because I thought that was a pretty good series, by the way. If you've never seen it, but yeah, cloak uh, cl- yeah. the cloak and dagger series, you know, I think cloak and dagger teams up with Spider Man at, at one point. Uh, I think everybody in New York teamed up with Spider-Man at one point or another. Pretty much. It's just so <laughs> likable. <laughs> and everybody bumped into everybody in New York. That's still the funny part of the MCU. I said, <laughs> I said, all these people were in New York and none of them bumped into each other. I did hear that Spider-Man 4 uh, is going to have a combination of the symbiote. I think they're going to introduce it, but it's going to yeah. be a Craven type of you know villain movie. Oh, gotcha. So I don't know how I feel about that. I I know Craven could be done extremely well in, in the movies, but I don't know. I just I don't trust Sony, man. I just don't trust yeah, what they're doing. Not, they're not on the right. Oh. 
I wish they would Lord do Craven yes. as Craven in a very predator sort of way. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like I mean, how they film Predator and stuff like that. Do Craven in kind of the same light to where because all the Predator did was hunt. He came I to mean, Earth. You could and, make Craven dark. You could make oh, Craven yeah. really dark, and I think oh, yeah. that would work. Bad uh, part is I don't trust Sony to do Jack crap. When oh, it I don't. I don't trust the Sony version right. at all. They're just well, coming up. Then, with like, they're I like, don't want to see all Spider-Man. Like, I, I don't, I don't care about Morbius. I don't need to see. I'm also tired. I said this before on my YouTube channel. I'd said before. I'll say it again. I think the Sinister Six is an ungodly overrated. Like, <laughs> I, I am so over the Sinister Six. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I, I do not care. I want to see Fisk. I want to see Tombstone. You know, I want to see, you know, the symbiote. I, I don't care about having the Sinister Six. And here's the thing. You put the Sinister Six in the movie going up against Spider-Man. Hello, if you put him up against Spider-Man in the MCU, guess how many people Spider-Man knows? So it's yeah. not the Sinister Six against Spider-Man anymore. It's Sinister Six against everybody. Yeah, it's it just, I don't know. It, it's a cool concept. You know, obviously it's from the comics, and it's a cool concept at first, but I, I just think, you know, what was the biggest concern with Spider-Man was that there were too many villains, and Sony did mm -hmm. this in Spider-Man 3. Sam Raimi said that his, I mean, I want to see the Sam Raimi cut of Spider-Man 3, because it was completely against, it, he was held against his will to include all of those uh, those villains, you know? And he wanted and to put, that was Sony. He wanted to make, he wanted to make somebody bigger Venom, and they were like, "No, you're using him." And they were like, "He's like, but Venom's this." And they were like, "No, you're using Topher Grace, and we want to see his face more." Yeah, because they I were know. trying it's... because they were trying to ride the popularity of that '70s show. So they were like, "We want to see his face as much as possible," and he was like, "No, that's not who Venom is. Venom's this big, gigantic. He's just big." beast of a thing and you're making him the same size okay no yeah I I just again I'm not a big Sinister Six fan as far as like moving forward I think they already kind of did that and I do not care at all to see Morbius in Spider-Man I just don't <laughs> keep him keep him far away from Spider-Man I just I don't care I do not care <laughs> And then I have people that are messaging me, not now, but like, you know, I have, I've had it over the course of the last month. And I mean, anyone could message me. Like, I'll always, you know, message back when I can. But I, I get messages like, oh, did you see the, the post credit scene of Morbius? Yes, I've seen it. It is stupid. It is oh, absolutely it? stupid. Oh, was it? I haven't seen it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was vulture. <laughs> It's yeah, the worst post-credit scene of any. Did you see? Movie. Did you see the trailer for for Morbius? Then you seen yeah. the post-credit scene because they put the post-credit scene in the trailer. Yeah, it's really? it's just bad. I mean, they're basically trying to, and I get, I, I kind of get what they're doing, and I almost admire it, except it was done so poorly. It's essentially they're saying that when they sent everybody back. Uh, you know, Vulture, for whatever reason, didn't go back to the... He didn't stay in the Homecoming universe. It sent him back to 
uh, the Morbius Venom universe. That is bad. So I get what they're doing, and I think it was less about Vulture and more about you speculating on who else got swapped. You know what I mean? Like, did did uh, Toby Maguire end up going to Andrew Garfield's universe? Is Andrew Garfield and Toby like I see what they were doing, but I just. Don't I honestly don't think Sony is smart enough to even know what they were doing. So I'm not even going to give well, them that they, credit. They, they were trying to set up uh, mixing with what you're saying, the Madam Web movie and kind of doing their own Spider-Verse, mimicking what they're doing with the animated movies uh, a little bit. And it's just done twice as poorly. Oh, <laughs> Three God, times more poorly. That's where yeah. Sony should stay to the Spider-Man stuff. Just yeah, do the cartoons. That's it. Well, the Just Spider-Man, I'll, I'll say that. The Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man cartoon, or not the new one, the uh, the original Spider-Man animated series, not the original, obviously there's one before it, but Spider-Man, the animated series, 1990s. I always bring that up on my YouTube platform because I will, I swear by it. The animated series was just above and beyond. They only had 23 minutes to get everything done. And it touched on Secret Wars. It touched on the X Men. It touched on Dormammu and the Dark Dimension. Doctor Everything. Strange, Iron Man. Literally everything. I mean, we had Red Skull. We had you know everything. It was so well done. Um, you know, Blade, Ghost Rider. The thing was just incredible. And I totally. And, and, agree. I mean, and now yeah. what they're doing with the Into the Spider Verse movie, which was that that was good. Just okay. stay doing that. Yo, just, 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 please stay doing that, and don't go to the live action stuff anymore. Just stay doing the end of the Spider Verse stuff. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. I, I definitely, you know, I, I think again, Spider Man is such a big part of the MCU, and and has, you know, was really when they brought Tom Holland in. And when they brought Spider-Man, like, they got the rights to Spider-Man, we kind of knew that they were going to try to make Spider-Man the main guy. Um, and he's one of the main guys. Since they don't have the full-on rights, I don't think he's ever going to be the main guy until they have yeah. the full-on rights. But as far as who generates the most revenue, I mean, it's it's Spider-Man. So, oh God, yeah. you know, I, I think... he hits He hits all the strings. For yeah. for 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 the character that everybody loves, he hits he hits all the strings. Where we had Iron Man would make his money, Captain America would make his money, but when you when you involve Spider Man, Spider Man hits the strings for everybody. Like, if, but when if, you realize you Thor now has his fourth movie, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> when they, when if they wouldn't have re if they wouldn't have redone Thor completely, I don't think he would have made it to a fourth movie. But uh, Ragnarok completely changed everybody's feelings on Thor. That made, I liked all the Thor movies, but yeah. Ragnarok was like an all timer to me. Yeah, that put that put Thor in a different in a different spot with everybody, and that made Thor right up there with being everybody's fave when it comes from from this time now because. Everybody saw a different, completely version. And then when they brought in Fat Thor, that made everybody even deeper into the Thor, into liking Thor. So now it's just, now it's just everybody's like, okay, when does Thor come out? Well, as far as like billion dollar Marvel movies, I don't think Thor had one. 
So when they made Ragnarok and it blew up to a billion dollars, I think that's when they got the signal. Okay, you can go ahead and make, you know, Thor: Love and Thunder. Yep. When Hemsworth went, went, was behind it. So when Hemsworth went, can we make me funny? And then they started doing. (laughs) They started giving him the uh, the stuff that they gave him in in Ragnarok. It was. It, it it lifted the character to a whole completely another level, and then when it come out in the end game, it lifted him up to even even higher after that. And I was like, okay, yeah. Guardians right of the Galaxy, there. by the way, both oh, movies over a billion dollars. And that that come from comic no one knew about. Yeah, they just. I mean, James Gunn just did such a stellar job. And I'll say this, regardless of how you feel about his views, I'm not even going to really comment on it, but let's just call it like it is. If James Gunn does not get canceled, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is already, it's already bet out. Like, Oh God, yes. It was probably released two years ago. (laughs) James Gunn, James Gunn has done more for B-level comic book heroes than any other director. He's taken the Suicide Squad, blew them completely up. I know. He's taken John Cena's Peacemaker and put him on TV to where he had some of the highest views on HBO HBO Max. And the Guardians of the Galaxy completely blew up. They got their own rides in in Disney World now. That's how big they've blown up. I will say, you know, all this Kenobi stuff and kenobi just shattering records on disney plus you have to know it's coming there's going to be an mcu disney plus show that really competes with that and i think they're looking at loki season two but i really feel like people are going to be surprised when like the daredevil show comes out i think daredevil is going to absolutely blow up but see the the thing with is if it's a star wars related thing Star Wars always has that bigger fan base. It's always going to have a bigger fan base because it is Star Wars is global, like very global, global where Marvel has to catch up with Star Wars. Star Wars has already had that built in 45 years worth of everybody loving it. So the Marvel Marvel is going to have to have that big TV show that kind of brings everything together for it to bust records because everybody's been waiting on something to do with Kenobi since he died and since Vader killed him in the first movie. And everybody's been wanting Ewan McGregor to come back and do it again. So, yeah. And it's good. Are you telling Don't me, me Marvel is not yeah, going to be that big TV show? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot will get more views than Miss Marvel does. I thought that too. I was like, "Oh, I am Groot looks interesting." I am Groot will get more views. Iron Groot. I am Groot will get more views just because it's Groot and because it's going to fit a bigger range of people. People like me who love it will go and see it. Kids are going to want to watch it. Groot stuff will be on sale everywhere. If it's not already, it's going to be on sale even more everywhere. So that one's going. To, that one's going to take I, off. But nothing. I, nothing. I, the next thing that'll do the level that Obi-Wan did will be the next Mandalorian season. I think Secret Invasion, if they make it not just full of minor characters and they put big actors in Secret Invasions, because that's going to be a movie, uh, I think Secret Invasions could be that next a huge hit for TV yeah. show-wise. That's going to be a big TV. That's going to be a big TV, especially if it leads into the movie. Well, 
the problem with Secret Invasion is that the show is going to be entirely before, like, Infinity, no, before Endgame. So, I guess because of that, I don't think it's going to blow up as much as, say, like, like Loki Season 2 is going to further where we are in the multiverse. Like, the problem, I see... Secret Invasion is going to be one of those cool things, and I'm sure they'll they'll make it tie in. But it's going to be like Black Widow in a sense. We already kind of know the story. I mean, we don't know the story, but we kind of know what is happening. You know what I mean? This is when we find out how many shapeshifters have been sent to Earth. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't... It, it's one of those things like where I think it'll be really good, but, you know, it, it is... But I'm not going to doubt... Kevin Feige or anybody in Marvel. Samuel Jackson's in it. I don't doubt him at all. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think uh, Armor Wars could be interesting with Rhodey. Um, You know, I think... Ironheart. Ironheart, yeah. I mean, Riri Williams' character, I mean, she's going to be in... um, She's going to be in Wakanda Forever. She's already confirmed. Them Young Avengers, man. That's going to be the... I see that. I see that. Coming in the near future, they, they're gonna have. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. Um, I'm really curious about Wakanda Forever because they have a lot of opportunities there. You know, Storm, like I said, uh, rumored to be in that. Um, you know, they could even do some mixing and matching with the multiverse and where they go with the Black Panther character in general. That's going to be a big. Oh, it's gonna be Winston Duke. In oh, is it? Oh, yeah. oh my god! Oh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I think Mbaku is gonna be perfect for that. Sign me up. When I got told that. Sign Just, me up. If you're if you're making if you're making him the new Black Panther, I'm I'm there. I'm there. That's a lot better than Siri becoming the new Black Panther. Wait, I thought they were gonna put Echo and make her Black Panther. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. They're, oh, they're like, trying to force Echo onto us. Um, I have no clue why they're giving her but a She's joke. getting her own show. I don't get that. She's getting her own show. Let her let her have her own show. Echo is, like, and I'm going to piss people off, but I don't care. Echo is, like, making, well, actually, not even entirely, but it's kind of the similar concept. Echo is, like, making the Book of Boba Fett show. We didn't need the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> And no, the, the ratings showed you as soon as we saw Bando on the screen, the ratings went through the roof. Those were the best rated uh, episodes is when Mando was in it. And so Echo's best episodes are going to be the one where Daredevil and, exactly. and, and, and Kingpin show up. Exactly. So it's going to be one of those where, yeah, this is cool. It's cool to get her backstory. Just like we were thinking, yeah, this is cool with Boba Fett. But Boba Fett was one of those things where, you're like, yeah, this is cool. I'm not like, oh my god. Like, I'm watching Kenobi. I'm watching Loki. I'm watching WandaVision. And I'm thinking, oh my god, this is nuts. This is so <laughs> nuts. That last episode of Kenobi, though. Jiminy oh, Christmas. Yeah. Holy crap. That was oh, the beautiful. darkest Star Wars yeah. stuff I've ever seen. First off, first off, Hugh McGregor playing freaking Obi-Wan with PTSD has been phenomenal. But I'm then, wondering if we're going to get Ewan McGregor, since he's already with Disney right now, if we're going to get him in the MCU. We, we got to get him in the MCU. We, we got to get him. Maybe. 
what would Maybe. you play? No, you want here? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna spit out a crazy ass one for you and but Professor X. Like I can see that he screams, he screams like the because he he just screams like a guy that should hit up something. I don't know if he would work bald though. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I think he could be. No. You have to put. You, you have to give him a different one. You have to put some hair on him. <laughs> you know who would be an interesting no? Um, the guy that played Lex Luthor. I forget his name. In the in the movie movie in the Superman movie. Yeah, I forget. His oh, name. oh, the kid from. Um, no, no, not the kid from. Yeah, the kid from. Um, what's the other movies in? Uh, uh. Scott Pilgrim. Facebook. Social Network. Social Network. Social Network. Yeah, that yeah. guy. I cannot remember his name. I, I keep wanting Michael... to say Andy Samberg, but I know that's not it. No, it's uh. Remember, they got two of them that look alike. He looks exactly like the guy that's in that's in Zombieland. Oh, I forget his name. Yeah, yeah I mean, they... he looks like uh, what the hell is his name? Hold on, I can tell you. Ain't it Katzenberger or something? Oh, Jesse Ensberg. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg or whatever. Was yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was that cringy uh, DC villain, wasn't he? Yeah. He was yeah, Lex, Lex Luthor. Yeah. Luthor. He, he wasn't good as yeah, Lex he, Luthor. Yeah, he would have been like. I, I, already, I always said he was cast wrong, and he would have been the literal perfect Riddler. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he was he was Riddler. Yes, he's because he has that snide, stupid voice. Yeah, he has that voice that makes you want to punch him anyway. So he'd be a perfect Batman villain to punch. So <laughs> yeah, I was... yeah, I think he'd be a good no. Um, I what I'm curious with is remember, you know, Nova was supposed supposedly in Endgame and got his scene pulled. That yeah. means they already cast Nova. Why have we never heard who ca- was cast as Nova? I don't know, but I know the TV show's been announced. Uh, they they could <laughs> remove the casting. They could always change it since the person got all their stuff taken out of the movie. I know the, I know the TV show's coming, so I'm looking forward to that. Nova's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see who plays him. I mean... There's so many options. I could, you know, who would be actually a pretty good uh, choice there? Chris Pine. Ooh. I think Chris, Chris Pine. Pine would be a good pick. Chris Pine's in everything. So I know. Like, they, 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 they got a. They, what's the, 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 the? He got a new war movie coming out to where he's another army guy. I'm like, oh my goodness! I was like, another Chris Pine movie. Well, he's great in everything. I I really like Chris Pond. Oh, here's a good casting uh, for the villain of the Blade movie. If you want to make, you can make Tom Cruise as Dracula. Oh, boy. That would be when, against Ali, their their scenes together would be so good. The thing is, isn't 
in the Blade movie, isn't the one dude supposed to be in it too? Isn't Kit Harrington supposed to be in it as well? Yeah. It's almost like a team up. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably end up being in it. Yeah, it's almost like a team up because they don't want to throw that guy into his own movie, so they're going to put him in the Blade movie. Black Knight. Yeah, Black Knight. They don't want to get Black Knight his own movie yet, so they want to put him in like the Blade movie, and they're going to have him and Blade are. We know Black Knight's Black running Knight down. is such a great character to have his own TV oh, yes, series versus like Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, he'd be a dark. It, it, it's a good dark B level character to put in there, sort of like some of the like the Luke Cages and the in the Iron Fist and all of those guys. He's a good street level character to put in there. Yeah. Some of these guys are just built for TV shows and some of them are built for movies. <laughs> well, guys, I think uh, we're going to call it. It's been a lot of fun. Really good episode three. And uh, I'm excited to keep doing these as we uh, we continue to go through all of these upcoming projects. A lot of fun. Appreciate you joining me, Ashton, Kevin, Austin, who left, and Julio. Um, until uh, next Monday, guys, you guys take care. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. You too. Have a good one.